calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is of gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Welcome to this episode of our Take 15 series. I'm Usman Hayat from CFA Institute, and in this episode, we'll be covering Synthetic Risk and Reward Indicator, or SRRI. This risk measure has been introduced by the European Commission for investment funds that are known as USITs, or funds which can be marketed throughout all countries which are a part of European Union. To help us understand and analyze the Synthetic Risk and Reward Indicator, I'm joined by Dr. Paul Kaplan, who's the Director of Quantitative Research with Morningstar Europe. Welcome, Dr. Kaplan. Thank you. Uh, let's start with understanding the concept of synthetic risk and reward indicator. What exactly does it mean? What the SRRI exactly is, it's a measure of volatility, historical volatility over the past five years. The way it's calculated is that using weekly return data, the standard deviation is calculated and stated as an annualized number. And then that number falls into one of seven buckets. So for example, if it's less than half a percent, it goes into bucket number one. If it's greater than 25%, it goes into bucket number seven. And then there are intermediate buckets. Uh, for example, bucket six is anything between 15 and 25%. Essentially, this is a number that ranges from one to seven, expressing the volatility? Yes, that's exactly right. It's a number, it's a, a number one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven, that is an expression of the historical volatility. Can you elaborate further on how it is calculated? Yes. I mean, one of the issues in calculating it is, because it is a five-year standard deviation, is what happens for funds that have less than five years of return history. In that case, the mandate is that the fund has to replace the missing data from before its existence with a suitable benchmark. What benchmark should it be? It's not always clear. And secondly, the benchmarks are typically less volatile than the funds themselves that are actively managed. And so already right here in the calculation, we have, a, we have an issue with the calculation. Uh, you mentioned there are issues with how it is calculated. Yes. So what are some of the potential weaknesses of this indicator? The first one is really in the name of the indicator. It's called the Synthetic Risk Reward Indicator. And what the regulation states is that this is an indicator which is supposed to tell the investor both the riskiness of the fund as well as its potential reward. Now, the problem is that risk and reward don't always go together. And so if we simply looked at, say, equity funds in general or bond funds in general uh, throughout Europe, and if we did a scatter plot of uh, what their five-year risk was versus their five-year reward, there is no relationship whatsoever. You get a completely random scattering. Uh, so the problem there is that if the investor were to simply look at the SRI, 
as an indicator of potential reward for the fund, uh, they're more than likely to be misled. You mentioned that one issue is that it is essentially a measure of uh, risk rather than reward. Yeah. Are there other issues as well? Yes, it's a measure of the total standalone risk of, a, of each individual fund. Uh, so it unfortunately does not help you with constructing a portfolio. So for example, let's suppose we had an emerging market fund and it scores a seven because it's highly volatile. And then we, let's suppose we had you know, a, a, a very long-term bond fund and it say because it's very long-term, it's very long-duration fund, it also is volatile, maybe scores a five or a six. And unless we actually look at these, these two funds together as a potential portfolio and realize one is exposed to interest rate risk, the other one is exposed to the risk of the emerging markets and that these two risks, in fact, may be quite different than one another and don't necessarily move together, even though each of these funds may individually be quite risky, we can combine them together into a portfolio, reap the benefits of diversification, and actually end up with a less risky portfolio. And that's what the SRI does not inform the investor on. Uh, you mentioned two issues with the indicator. One, that it is essentially a measure of risk rather than reward. Yeah. And then you mentioned that it does not help investors in constructing diversified portfolios. Are there any other issues that you want to mention? Yes, there is an issue of the currency it's calculated in. Uh, differences in currencies can affect volatility uh, quite dramatically because sometimes exchange rates can move quite a bit. The, the regulation actually is completely silent on what currency it should be produced in. Now, the way most people in the industry are implementing it, and I think this makes sense, is that you would do it in the currency of the share class, of the, the, uh, the share class that's marketed into a particular market. So if you're in the UK, you want to, of course, you would buy, as a UK investor, you would, you would buy those share classes that are denominated in pounds, and that the SRI then should, have been, should be calculated in, in, in pounds. Uh, and then, of course, if you're on the continent and you're in the Eurozone, you, you would look at the, uh, you know, in, in the euros. Uh, so it's, but it is important to realize that currencies, currency does matter and to make sure that the SRI calculation is done in, in the current, you know, it is done in the currency that's most meaningful to you. We've covered some of the issues or the weaknesses yeah. of this indicator. What are its strengths? Why do you think regulators are implementing it? What I would think is that the regulators uh, mandated this to try to give a simple way for investors to understand the risk of their portfolios, or rather the risk of the funds that they're investing. The, uh, the problem is, is that uh, risk is, is a fairly complicated idea, for any num number for that matter. Uh, risk involves asset allocation. As I mentioned earlier, you know, emerging markets have different risks than bond funds, commodities, stocks, cash. Uh, you know, there are all kinds of different types of risk. And you know, what investing is about is you know, building a portfolio that you expo you're exposed to a multitude of different risks in, in the hope of re reaping a reward by building a, you know, a reasonably efficient portfolio. Uh, 
that's a fairly complicated task. And um, I think the risk of the risk indicator is that it, would, it will lead to a, uh, you know, an oversimplification. Uh, if the SRRI yeah. is an oversimplification of risk mm -hmm. and regulators want to make risk easier for investors to understand, what would be your recommendation to the regulators, how they can help the retail investors? I think what would help the retail investors is to not focus on a particular calculation, but rather to help investors understand what really are the underlying risks of a fund. Uh, transparency, I think, is probably the paramount uh, issue in, in fund regulation. So rules concerning transparency, perhaps stating like what are the, the major risks of this fund? You know, for example, if it's a bond fund, make it, it should be very clear that if interest rates rise, this fund is going to lose value. If interest rates go down, this, this fund is, is going to increase in value. If it's a stock fund, uh, you know, if the global equity market, as the global equity market goes up and down, this fund is going to gain or lose value. Things like that, things to try to help uh, flesh out more the, the, the basic risks of the fund and therefore the potential rewards of the fund that are associated with those, with those risks. Uh, we've covered how the synthetic risk and reward indicator is calculated, what are some of the issues involved in calculations and what are the implications, its strengths and weaknesses, why the regulators are doing it. So how would you summarize your thoughts on SRRI? Uh, my thought is that the idea of trying to help investors understand risk is, is a good idea, but the particular, this particular mandated calculation, I think, is, is, is fraught with, with weaknesses and problems. So, uh, you know, my final advice to investors would be really, uh, you know, look at it, but don't, but be sure to look at the other elements of the, uh, of the fund. And specifically, you know, learn what, what, what risk does the fund take, what potential rewards that, that, that could reap, and think about each fund in terms of how it might fit into an overall portfolio of funds rather than looking at the fund in isolation. This concludes our Take 15 on Synthetic Risk and Reward Indicator. Thank you, Dr. Kaplan, for joining us. Uh, thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. And thank you, our viewers, for watching. Copyright 2011, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.